Welcome to Beyond the Pen, the podcast that delves into the untold stories of emerging authors and the literary world. I'm your host, Maccabee Griffin, and each week I'll be shining a spotlight on talented yet undiscovered authors, giving them a platform to share their incredible stories and unique journeys that brought them to the world of writing. In each episode, we'll deep dive into the story behind the story, exploring the inspirations, challenges, and triumphs that have shaped our guests' literary careers, and have some fun along the way. From the initial spark of an idea to the journey of crafting and publishing their books, we'll uncover the secrets that make their stories truly special. But that's not all. Once a month, we'll be joined by an expert from the publishing world who will share invaluable insights and advice for aspiring writers, answering your burning questions, and demystifying the path to success in the literary industry. At Beyond the Pen, my mission is simple, to entertain, educate, and encourage the next generation of great storytellers. So whether you're a writer, an avid reader, or simply someone with a passion for storytelling, Join us as we venture beyond the pen and celebrate the power of the written word. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Maccabee Griffin. And I'm Marcella. And this is Beyond the Pen, where we take the well-known adage, read between the lines to a whole new level and beyond. Each week, we sit down with a new author to not only discuss one of their books, but also learn the story behind the story. Oh, sweet baby Jesus, this is going to be fun. Hi, Marcella. Hi, Maccabee. I just hit the record button and she's already like, don't do the voice. Don't do the voice. I don't sound like that. That's the thing. That's the voice. Any Anything that's not my voice, you say, don't do the creepy voice. Your voice is so much nicer. It's like a, you know, like a car salesman. I, I don't know how to take that. That's a good thing or a bad thing. You sell a lot of cars? <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah. Very a, a lot of lemons. That's what I sell. A lot of lemons. Are we going to start with the whole them? life gives you lemons things? No, I was just going to say. Yeah, don't because I am not on board with that whole thing about making lemonade because I you know I don't like it right. So when yeah. life gives you lemons, you go to life and ask for their manager and tell them I didn't ask for this. Take it back. I didn't ask for lemons. I asked for limes so I could have it with my tequila. Come on now. And your coconut? Look, I don't want limes either. That's uh, true. I'm not even going there. We're just... Leave I, this am... In. Leave I this... am leaving this whole thing again. This is just complete mayhem at the beginning. I love it. All right, everybody. I can't even take it anymore. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Happy birthday, yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday to Martella. Yes, yes. Send her some love. Uh, tell her how much you care for don't her. T- don't send me any lemons. I'll take books, money, gift cards, you know. No flowers. They die. I got enough dead things in my house. Uh, 
Oh my gosh, I I don't I don't know how to uh, to deal with this today. You're you're on a roll today. I don't even need I don't even need to make the bad jokes. You're already hitting every single one of them. I'm not making any bad jokes. That's the thing. That's true. No. She is she is kind of that type of person. Hey, just send me books. Just send me books, money, just books, money, gift cards. Starbucks would be nice. <laughs> Preferably Starbucks. No, nah, no, nah, I don't. I, I have enough coffee right now. You don't need any more coffee. I had one cup today. Okay, so don't start. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyways, so How's today, the <laughs> what? How's the family? <laughs> <laughs> the family is good. The family is good. Oh my god! Uh, I'm trying to keep it somewhat down. I'm hey, in a different it's, room. It's it's uh you know the holidays are coming. I'm trying to be nicer. That way That's, you don't dub me Scrooge because I will throat punch you. I don't have to do that. And you I don't want to be visited by any more ghosts than are usually around. So. <sighs> The jokes I'm just keeping to myself. These are not jokes. They're Christmas no. references. Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh so my god. Have a Christmas special where we sing. <laughs> I don't I don't even know what to do anymore. Like like I said, she's just basically taking control of the entire show. I'm just going to let her yeah, do Okay, so yeah, so my family's great. Thanks for asking. I, I <laughs> for everybody else who doesn't see this, I am literally just trying to keep it together right now. <laughs> oh, it's a great so laugh, Jesus. Max. You're oh, usually no. laughing at me anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah. baby Jesus. Do you know it's not his birthday, right? You know that's a myth. Yes, I know. I know. Okay, just wanted no to one make sure we knew about that. Yes, because you're no. Christian, right? Yes, and you're a witch. So yes, I I, I know this. Um, <laughs> the well, Catholic witch, same thing. Um, I was raised Catholic. <laughs> thank you very much. And then, just let it to which listen it's my birthday weekend coming up i get to be as crazy as i want to be but that's not you don't go around the sun 52 times and come out the other side like normal okay sweetie you have never been normal no no so how can you make that statement then well that's what i'm saying you don't go around the world around the sun 52 times and (sighs) anyways me Anyways, my family's good too. I'm glad your family's doing well. Yes, yes. Can we get to our guest now, please? Yeah, what's taking you so long? Oh my lord, please give me strength with this woman. So today we have a gentleman by the name of Mr. Douglas Robbins, and he has wrote a book called The Narican, The Cloaked <laughs> Deception. Uh, of which I don't have a copy. And it's my birthday. Well, guess what? The author you're about to talk to, he's going to give you a gift today. How's that? Would that work for you? Sure. Okay. Thank you. Can I bring him on now, please? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Okay. Thank you. Sweet baby mother's eye. 
Hi, Doug. How are you doing? I am so sorry for you guys are so entertaining. I don't need to be here at all. <laughs> oh, you do because if you if you're not, then Mac talks a lot. I figured I'd give him a run for his money this morning, though. It's fun banter just listening and watching you two uh, interact. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like a, like a couple, uh, you know, or no. or whatever, what? but a couple of whoa, couple of crazy people. Started. Yes, couple, couple of crazy what? people. Yeah. But it's very entertaining, anyway. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So, and I'm happy to send you a book, Marcella. Thank you. Happy to. See, I will even there. sign it with my terrible handwriting. Can you put a happy birthday, Queen Marcella? By the time you get it, <laughs> no, 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 Queen. Pass. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. That's, you, that's I like what it looks like. <laughs> See, thanks, Mac. Were you a doctor in your saying. past life Not or a pharmacist? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, eh, 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 eh. like a stick. You could use crayon oh on mine. Gosh. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I should. I should get one of those auto uh, signers or whatever they're called. Oh um, man. Anyway, get a stamp. Just to get a stamp. Just stamp oh, it. Please. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Hey, Douglas. Um, <laughs> how are you? I'm great. How are you? Fabulous. Excellent. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Oh, my Don't goodness. Don't throw a punch, anybody. I, I, I'll i try not to. Actually, it's my <laughs> birthday. I should be allowed to. I still don't think you should. <laughs> <laughs> so... Douglas, could you yes. please introduce yourself to our guests and tell us something we can't find on the internet about you? Well, I am Douglas Robbins, uh, author of a few books, including the Narakon uh, series. The next one should be out sometime next year. Um, I also have a podcast called The Den of Discussion. Um, one thing you cannot find, a couple things. You want a couple things today or just one? Sure, why not? I'll give you a couple little nuggets. Okay. Um, I had want when I was in high school, you know, oh my God, you have to figure out what you're supposed to be. Right. So I always thought, cause I was very connected to the woods and nature that I wanted to be a forest ranger. Um, so I thought it was kind of like walking the woods and defending the trees and, you know, it was a very idealistic, uh, idea, but, uh, that isn't really the case exactly. Uh, and then when I went to college, I started, uh, going down this path a lot of heavy chemistry and biology i was like oh yeah this is not gonna happen <laughs> this is not the career for me so uh and then the second little weird nugget i'll give you is i went to music camp uh a few years in a row for the trumpet there you go that's it that's it so we went from a forest ranger to a trumpeteer got to it a tr Thank you very much. There you go. So you I want to play Superman the trumpets in the forest? Though. What's that? You want to play no, the trumpets in the no, forest? No, the squirrels wouldn't like me. Oh my! I don't goodness. think any of the animals would like you. No, I wouldn't even like. Wow. My sister used to play the clarinet and literally scare all the animals of the neighborhood. Man, you are just not, you are throwing throat punches like crazy today. <laughs> you seriously? I like them, are, I'm sticking and moving though, Mac. Yeah, bob and weave, bob and weave. All right, so. <laughs> Let's get into the book because okay. that's why everybody's here. Well, at least I want them to believe that. Um, so here's the, the interesting thing about your book is that there is a lot of philosophical ideas and social um, values per se to the point of even 
well, I, I don't even say values, but more social issues and conversational pieces yeah. involved yeah. in this. Um, for instance, when we first meet the ancestor at the beginning, one of the statements he said, and I have to open the book, so I want to make sure I'm stating this correctly. He said, um, he said something. Uh, oh, he said, the humans are cunning and destructive of what they do not understand. And when I was looking at that, it sent me down a little bit of a philosophical um, rabbit hole, per se. And I wanted to get your insight into one of the things that it, it really made me think of, and that was one of the um, reasons for the atomic bomb. And the gentleman that the father of the atomic bomb was uh, J. Robert uh, Oppenheimer. And one of the things that he stated was that he tried to justify creating something only to destroy it. And there's a whole philosophical theory that based off of that, of how as it, as humans, we love to create things merely just to destroy them. Look at a child on, on the, uh, on the beach. You know, we always see these little kids creating these castles or their version of a castle. And then just not even a couple seconds of smiling and just, you know, destroying it. So I was looking at it from a, an author's point of view, a writer's point of view. And I realized that a lot of authors, we create these wonderful worlds passionately with all these great characters, people, these kingdoms, whatever your case may be, whatever your world may be. And then all of a sudden we throw conflict in there and we're only at least some type of villain coming in, destroying it completely or partially. And it made me wonder, to get your opinion on this, why do you think we do this? Was there a specific reason why you did it? Is it merely just because this is something that we just do uh, subconsciously as in, in regards to human nature? Or is it just because the formula works and we know it's going to sell books? That's a loaded, loaded question, my friend. Um, I will first answer the first part of, of where that idea, I think, comes from there was an em emily dixonson was a, a poet in the 1700s 1800s and she was quite reclusive but one of the lines that i remember and it really has stuck with me all these years and that is truth must be revealed slowly or men will go blind and to me that says everything uh it says everything about racism and uh, ideas that pit people against one another. Uh, and, you know, you can just see it, how people respond to information that doesn't fit into their daily narrative. Uh, and so what happens? People get violent when they don't understand something, when it's outside of their norm, when it hits their sort of emotional uh, thorns, if you will. And so people go haywire. Uh, and I think that's that was sort of the uh, the impetus of, of putting that in there, because humans have great capacity for compassion and love, et cetera, and exploration. But they also have that primal brain of destroy and attack what they do not understand 
something that maybe is looks different than them, uh, another tribe, if you will, attack before you are attacked. Um, and so that's sort of the dichotomy of being human. And then you have sort of the light and the darkness that all swirls within us. <clears throat> and which impulse are you going to react to? The old line about which wolf are you going to feed, the good wolf or, or the bad wolf? Um, but to get back to what you were saying about the, the atomic bomb and, and building sandcastles, you know, we're all explorers. Whatever of interest you have, whether it be science or a child drawing something uh, or a writer writing something or a painter, you know, we're all explorers. Uh, and we're all sort of ex exploring our psyches or our consciousness and seeing how far we can take that. And what I mean is bringing the constructs or images in our minds into the physical world, into the physical reality. Can we do it? Can we build it? Uh, and the funny thing often about writing is it's never exactly the way we envision it, right? Because it's this fluid place in the mind, energy, thoughts, images that, that bounce through there. But once you try to bring it into a, a kind of three-dimensional, <clears throat> excuse me, structure, uh, the transfer or the transition doesn't necessarily equate exactly to what we had in mind. But, you know, again, we're builders, we're explorers. And I think that's always been the case and will always be the case. Um, though often that gets subdued, right? It gets quieted. Uh, maybe we're told not to pursue X because of pain or, or doubts, or we have people around us that are, are putting us down. So we, we'll hide those those gifts away. But at the at the root of everything, we are explorers. And and you know, I think it's interesting that as even as explorers, you're right that we we are these i we have these ideals that are either you know, good or evil. Again, going back to this, the philosophy of human nature and good versus evil, i.e. I. morality either versus, um, you know, in regards to societal points like Plato or from uh, a religious point of view uh, as of, I think, Rousseau is the one that stated that one. Um, but it does, it does come up to another point that you really look at in regards to the entirety of this of your protagonist as someone who is dealing with you know visions or dreams excuse me of um of a different life different name mm -hmm. different role different everything mm -hmm. yeah and then coming and waking mm -hmm. up and again trying to deal with that conflict of who who am i who am I really? Mm -hmm. um, so there's there's a lot of points where we we deal with the unknown, unwillingness to either learn or not. Uh, there was another statement that um, that the ancestor said at the beginning too, and it was um, about the human mind and spirit are often misaligned with their higher purpose, yet. Several do strive for alignment with their soul's abilities, whereas whereas uh, many remain never to advance. And then we start to when I'm looking at that too, I'm looking. There are so many 
truths to that as well. And I think it was Pluto who really stated that you can't really judge somebody basically on who they are, but where they came from. And I wanted to get your insight on that as well, because if we look at the variety of different people that you are presenting to us, these characters that you're presenting to us, they're all from a variety of different locations. You know, you have Todd's who has at one point held a, a high position and then all of a sudden lost it with his powers as well. The ancestor himself, um, Ruben, his friend, his friend's Nana, you know, there, there's so many different viewpoints on where they came from, what they represent. In your mind, what were these, in a philosophical point of view, if you want to say, or a psychological point of view, what were you trying to represent with with very each one of these kind of people? Yeah. Um, with Clarabin Rubin, uh, Rubin is his kind of earthly name, built, uh, born to surrogate parents, though they didn't know they were surrogate parents. Uh, his otherworldly name is Claramin, and he he struggles with this torn mind uh, of he senses there's more to him, and yet he's not living this grand life or this fulfilling life. He's basically a clerk in a, a, a small supermarket. Um, and it's something we all have, right? It's something we all kind of struggle with of trying to get to this higher plane of consciousness and living this better, broader life, more joyful, more, more expanded, more creative. And yet we feel ourselves stuck in the day to day, paying bills, just grinding away. Oh my God, you know, working for the weekend kind of thing. Um, so that was sort of the uh, the the idea of this character that he's living this dichotomous life the way most people are. But the difference with him is he's actually connected to these higher beings, uh, the Sun Clan, which he is one of the last members of, and he's torn. So he's able to sort of connect to this other world in dreams. But there's also a point in the story that Tans, who is the accountant, but he's not an accountant of money. He's an accountant of events. He is the seer of the, the if you will, royal family, the one who sees. And so he explains to Claremont or Reuben, um another thing that I find fascinating is like, where do we really come from? Where is this spirituality? You know, if we're just evolved creatures, well, that doesn't make sense because all these other creatures don't seem to have this higher self or evolving self or this consciousness that, that we have. So I have that in the story as well, that we actually evolved, but we were devolved due to a war from eons ago on another planet. And so as sentient beings, we were sent here to essentially start again, essentially to redeem the human race. And that 
get into chakras a little bit or energy centers, and then I think there are seven chakras or, or believed to be seven chakras. But where they had come from was this higher plane that had like 24 chakras or energy channels. And with those energy channels, abilities are associated with that, ESP, et cetera. Um, so the characters, the, the protagonists, the main characters are trying to evolve as humans and or spiritual beings uh, once Claremont starts healing, if you will, his, for lack of a better word, emotional body, his mental state, he starts evolving and expanding into that higher self. And they do it with the aid of these things, the iron core crystals that you can find at the center of the earth that, that Tons is aware of. And so that's part of why I wrote this is who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we sort of torn? What is that all about? Why do we have this essentially other self that seems to be a beacon calling to us to continue pursuing it, trying to get there, evolve? And the only way you evolve is healing emotions because the emotions will trap you in this physical body and in a sense prevent you from getting to this higher plane when you have a low self-esteem issue or you, you have just self-doubts about what your powers are if you will you're never gonna live them you're never gonna fulfill them and it's so funny because you know world building which is essentially what we're doing in, in narakan it is such a gift because you get to assign ideals to character. You get to assign new philosophies to cultures. Um, but you get to, in a sense, play sociologist and take issues that people are struggling with in our day to day. For instance, misinformation is, is a, is a, is a theme within it. But the misinformation isn't just about news agencies trying to sell drama. It's about that there's a deeper, more sinister um entities behind that uh you have the toxic whisperers that we don't really get into that much in this book but the next one they'll be more addressed but so it's essentially again coming back to that good and evil within us that good or bad and sometimes it seems easier to hold on to the pain or the darkness because it's so present right where it's so familiar sometimes whereas the the other thing the light you have to fight for it. You have to keep keep fighting for that. And it's so funny because when we write, or when I write, there are things that go into it that I'm not always so conscious of what I'm doing. I'm simply following kind of the story and allowing the characters to be what they are. And my wife, just a month or two ago, she was like, oh, you didn't know the book was about you? I was like, no. Now that I see that, yes, it is about me. Uh, and it's, I guess, always about us uh, on whatever ever level. Um, but, you know, it's always about that dichotomy. And, and every day we have to make decisions. How we're going to respond to something. Road rage. Some, someone cut us off at the supermarket. The cost of something. The cost, you know. Every day we have an opportunity to go down the rabbit hole or to, to let it go. Uh, and that makes all the difference because cumulatively, 
that shifts our lives and our perspective, and that allows us to continue expanding. So this is going to lead to my my first questions because you alluded to it. What happened to you that you? What did you experience that led you to this? Me personally, um, yeah. You know, some things I don't know. Uh, I think I think I came here, and it sounds maybe a little esoteric or kooky, but uh, I think I came here with some darkness. Uh, if you will. And I've always had, and I'm just going to say you asked the question, so I'm going to answer the question. Um, my grandmother was a very dark person, um, very belittling. Uh, and I always have this terrible sense of an image of me in a crib in a dark room with my grandmother, but a very large dark entity around her. Uh, and somehow getting into me or harming me and essentially severing me as a child from this higher state. Now, then I also had, my parents were very good people, but I don't think they understood my needs or, or how to encourage a child or how to lift one up. You know, they came from a different era and, you know, they were doing their best. Um, so I felt very shut down as a child, very neglected. And then my sister and I essentially raised ourselves, even though our parents were there. Uh, we seem to be raising ourselves and get into all sorts of trouble. Um, additionally, I didn't feel, you know, you're thrust into society when you're five years old or so school. And something deep within me understood that what they were trying to indoctrinate me into was not the truth of life. It was a limitation of life. Um, ideals and, and, you know, become this and that and religion and want, you know, material things, be a good little shopper. Um, so at that time, I was very shut down because I didn't have anywhere to express this. and. Uh, Kids at that time were, you know, the school I went to was a huge school, big production line, basically 35, 40 kids in a school, just kind of moving them, moving them through. So there wasn't that attention that kids got. And I feel like that's a big failing on uh, the education system, but hopefully that will be changing um, because regurgitation is really not, you know, that's fine to a point uh, as far as taking information and spitting it back out. but who are we developing as children, as young adults going into the world? So I just felt like, you know, disconnected uh, and probably added to that quite a bit. Those negative thoughts were, man, they were just beating me up left and right. Talk about throat punches. Um, you know, when you hear negatives and you already have kind of low self-esteem, you just perpetuate it. You just add fuel to the fire and say, oh, yeah, I am a piece of crap. Yeah, I am a loser. I am this and that. Um, I considered, you know, just cards on the table. I considered many, many times taking my life. Um, didn't like the idea of it because I didn't really, you know, ooh, a knife or jumping off of something. That didn't sound so good. But uh, just, but, you know, what we're trying to do is kill the pain. We're not really trying to kill life, but we're trying to say, I need to escape this pain. Um, so 
nothing overt happened. I wasn't abused that I know of, and I wasn't other things that that happened. Uh, you know, my parents never got divorced, but I carried just a very deep sense of loss when I came into this life, and only in recent years have I really started getting at it and releasing it. Even that dark entity um, has been a battle. And I think it's really interesting that you're saying all of this because when we look at what um, Ruben uh, Claremont Mm -hmm. actually goes through um, and the environment that he deals with, there's a lot of points, especially when you stated that, you know, you had that image of, you as a as a maybe in a crib and your grandmother with this dark entity around her, you actually have one of those scenes in there after he gets beat up on the street from this you know large gentleman tattooed gentleman mm-hmm. um that he really does start to see these things again, like he starts to have all these flashbacks going back to remembering all the um night terrors, mm-hmm. uh, seeing, hearing these yeah. dark entities. Yeah. And it does bring it in a sense, uh, again, the idea that there are many people out there that do carry uh, all these dark entities, all these feelings around us. And, and I do, I, I love how you actually created, you know, these dark entities and talked and called them toxic whisperers, because mm-hmm. again, that's one of the biggest uh, and most deadly weapons that anybody can have for anybody mm-hmm. is all the, especially for our, ourselves that we call we'd say this to ourselves all the time, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also put it into a point where even where you bring in mysticism um, into this in regards to, having shamans, having guides, uh, tarot readers. Uh, in fact, you know, Ruben's best friend, I would call him Caesar, mm-hmm. um, works in a mystic shop with his, his nanan, um, nanan, nanan, whatever you want to call it, grandmother. Um, and he gives him a reading. Uh, if I remember correctly, cards were, um, and Martello, maybe you can help me. Uh, remember go off of this too because of if your abilities with tarot reading because um, he actually does use three di- actual cards mm-hmm. uh, one is the phoenix one is the I believe it's the up, upside down king the and then the yeah. and then the other one was the dueling dragons mm. and I I, di- I love how his Caesar really puts this as almost like it's a playful thing for him in a way like he comes in, talks to him, say, hey, I had the dream again. It's like, all right, let's go to the cards. Let's see what it says. And he gives out the entire reading uh, of, you know, the meanings of X, of each of these cards. He has no clue what they, are, they actually say. He's like, okay, right. I'll just go to the number so on the card. Go for it. See if, so, see if you can guess um, it. Phoenix would be his rebirth. You said there was a king in reverse. So he's yes. not living up to his full potential. And the dragons are probably what he's battling against within. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be my nailed guess yeah. without having seen them. Nailed yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Literally yeah. nailed all, all yeah. three of them. Yeah. This is what it's I was like. This is the great thing about having her on here sometimes when it comes to, uh, yeah. when it comes to the mystic stuff, because that's, you know, 35 years of experience with her. Um, right. 
but 30, I thought it was interesting. 37. 37, sorry. And you know um, what? That's not traditional tarot. So that was a guess. I have traditional tarot. None of those those cards, with the exception of the king, but we have four kings in my deck. So mm -hmm. these are, and they're different suits. You know, they're, they're cups, swords, wands, and, and coins. Mm -hmm. So without any other information, that was just me. Yeah, I you think know, you nailed cool. it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you, get a free, you get a free book out of that. Woohoo! Oh, <laughs> Can you guess my weight now? I'm not a carnival no, you don't want, You don't want to guess that. Oh, man. 219. Probably getting close to that, but yeah. Anyways. No, but I thought it was interesting that um, how much of the mysticism that you actually bring into this yeah. with the philosophies, with the ideas, because there's also another point that you bring up real quick, and that is the fact that how people react to this when they start to hear the voices or start to see things of the unknown. And, yeah. it, and it goes, and honestly, it goes right back to the way that um, the ancestors stated at the beginning, um, when we don't know anything, if we don't know something, then we just try to destroy it. Mm -hmm. um, going back to the Oppenheimer uh, the, uh, philosophy and stuff like that. Um, but at one point, even when he was young and having to deal with this, you know, the first things that his parents did were take him to a psychologist, right, take him right. to, you know, a priest, mm -hmm. uh, trying to remove all of the darkness from his soul, per se. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting how you really decided to touch on that in the in the way that in the forms that we as humans deal with this stuff yeah um what led you to really start to create that conversation behind the words that you had on the page i think that conversation has always been with me uh, prior to to this story, uh, again, in this story, Ruben or, or Clarman says at one point, the veil of the two worlds is shrinking or something like that, meaning that other world is starting to trickle into this world. And so with when something doesn't fit into the box, Right. And most of us don't fit into the box that so we keep trying to. That's what society says. Yeah, you got to fit it, you know, into the box here. These are the paradigms. This is the model of, of life. You must adhere to this. The problem is that doesn't really work because we're so much more expanded than that. So much more uh, dimensional than that. So when Ruben is having these nightmares as, as a child, and his mother had called him, I think, her little black cat because all these, you know, bad luck, if you will, would happen. But it was really the darkness trying to get him. Um, so they bring him to the psychiatrist, Dr. Greenblatt. Um, and he, of course, prescribes a pill because he can't cure him. And that's our society here. Take a pill, shut up and go away. Uh, rather than healing the truth of whatever. Instead of the cause, we focus, or the medical profession typically focuses on the symptom, thus perpetuating 
you know, pharmaceutical sales and, and whatever it might be. But um, so you have that with 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 Ruben going to the psychiatrist. Then okay, that doesn't really get anywhere. So then he goes to a priest, and what well, does a priest know? The, again, his own model of reality is well, Reuben must be possessed because he has these horrible thoughts and darkness and evil stuff happening, or or what's attributed to be quote unquote evil. Because we often have black and white ideas as to what something is all good or all bad, which obviously most things have a little of both uh, within it, uh, the yin and the yang. So we even have the yin and the yang or, or the Tao Te Ching in, in the book as well. Uh, some little quotes from, from that. But that's why I, I kind of brought these different segments up is none of these are going to provide the answers that is weighing on Ruben's soul. And what's weighing on Ruben's soul is something that he has to address um, by tapping in once again to his deeper truths, the truths that are sort of hidden behind that consciousness. And we all have it. It's hidden in the subconscious. It's hidden a little outside of what we can touch. And we say, I know it's there. Just don't know how to get to it. Uh, and that's often why I had those pieces in there. Those things were never going to free him. You know, I think that's a great spot to leave this because, again, there's there's so many things that we have. I should say you have in the architecture of this uh, narrative that's not only personal uh, and, and forgive Marcella from bringing trauma up. She she does that to a lot of people, um, mostly me. Uh, but. But we want to, we do want to appreciate you, you know, willing to share that as well as giving us a, what most people would think, oh, it's just another fantasy, uh, fantasy. But in reality, it is philosophies of all kinds dealing with, you know, medicine versus religion, uh, darkness and light, destruction and creation, and literally, at least a good five to six other philosophies that I can't even think up right now off the top of my head, but I know that are probably in there. But again, we want to thank you for being on here. Uh, now I believe it is time for uh, Miss Marcella, the birthday girl, to uh, ask some more questions to you. So I'm going to give the mic to her and let her go for it. So Marcella? I'm a little bit triggered here too. So what is your writing kryptonite, Douglas? Well, Marcella, since I've listened to a few of your shows, I was ready for that question. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this because kryptonite is something outside of us, right? It's outside of Superman. It's not within him. So it's something outside of him that plagues him and, you know, makes him weak. But our kryptonite is typically the thoughts within us. That's what stops us. That's what stops the beliefs. Superman would never be stopped. He didn't have negative thoughts. He didn't have doubts about his abilities. Um, so it's the doubts, uh, the sales, the I'm not getting the responses I want. This person was nasty to me or indifferent towards me. Or, you know, we're always looking for those externals, but it's really that internal story 
that we tell ourselves. Um, and that's what makes or breaks us. That's the kryptonite that kills any of us, that weakens us. Interesting answer. This is probably a first. Um, thank you. I, I was going to ask what was next, but you already told us that you've got a second part coming out next year. Yes, ma'am. Next year, hopefully. Um, uh, yeah, next year I have another book coming out, a book of short stories uh, that should be out in a few months. But uh, Narakon, uh, Rise of the Dark King should be out probably later next year. Uh, they leave Earth and they have to pursue, you know, some of these entities that are, are creating havoc or, or have taken over uh, planetary systems and other um, dimensions and uh, are stopping or preventing the evolution of souls. Okay. That's, that's great. I mean, I, I can't wait to get my book, Matt. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. You'll never live this down. She is, she is ruthless. Once she has yeah. an idea on you, if you mess up one time with her, mm. it's you're done. You're done. Right. But she's entertaining um, though at the same time. It's because I'm a Sagittarius. Yeah. Anyway, um, last question. Is there a famous quote, saying, or person that you look to that helps you to keep going? Uh, there are, are several quotes, and you always have to keep feeding yourself positive things that help you, uh, you know, navigate and move forward. But there was actually one thing that I just stumbled upon recently. It's apparently a fairly famous quote, and it's from Picasso. And he said, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. Uh, and I love that quote. And the other one I love is everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear, which is a George Adair Club quote. But these little nuggets can really disrupt the doubts, the negativity, and help us keep keep moving forward. Man, I, I, I like that last one. That last one was really good. Really, really deep. If you think about it. <laughs> um, this whole thing is, is insane. Uh, Doug, thank you again for being on the show. We really appreciate it. So it has come to the point where we allow you to have your shameless self-promotional point. So please tell us where we can find you, if you have any events coming up, again, any other books that you have coming out. The floor is yours, sir. Thank you. Well, I'm terrible at self-promotion because, you know, writers are typically more introverted. They're not salespeople. Um, hopefully genuineness is the best. Uh, uh, sales pitch at all. But I just wanted to say before, thank you so much for the close reading of Narakon. I don't know if anyone that I know of anyway has read it as closely as you and has picked up all the nuance of the philosophy because I had thought to myself so many times, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, magical realism has such an, an opportunity to get deeper. And that was part of the, uh, the attempt. Um, so thank you sincerely uh, for that. Um, you can find me at douglasrobbinsauthor.com. You can uh, have a podcast there called The Den of Discussion, touches on spirituality, creativity, overcoming challenges, uh, and anybody who's essentially moving the needle forward, getting, you know, we, we address things that are swept under society's rug and we bring it into the, uh, the forefront because that's how we all move forward. Um, uh, if you sign up at uh, douglasrobbinsauthor.com, you'll get uh, typically my podcast come out once a week, but you'll also get a sweet little short story uh, about family dynamics and uh, love and commitment and sacrifice. Um, 
That's about it. I have another book coming out in a couple of months, if I could ever remember the name of it. I think it's called Charlie Hero and Other Amazing Tales. Um, that's a two long stories and a short story. But, you know, it's always about that human condition. And that's what I'm always trying to get at is is the injustice. It's a, it's a, it's again, a dynamic of injustice and ideals, how to live the best life and kind of healing those injustices. Um, and again, uh, interdependence is always a key thing is we are all in this together. So, but yeah, Douglas Robbins author is the best place to find me. Thank you again, Doug. We really appreciate you being on here. We had so much fun. It's been such a pleasure guys. Thank you so much. And Marcella, keep, keep those throat punches coming. Don't don't encourage her. <laughs> okay, sorry. All right. What do you think? Very interesting. A lot of deep, a lot of stuff that was in there that I didn't even think about. That um, and I, I didn't touch at least a good 15, 20 different other ideas that I, I even found in the book. Alone. I, I didn't get to some of the questions I wanted to ask, but I, I think I'm just going to save that for another time. There was a lot about the chakras that you guys mentioned, mm -hmm. but I haven't read the book, so I'll have cool. to. Um, well, you know, I don't read the books, but I'll, yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to take a look at it when it gets here and. You know, well, I, I'm it, sure it was, uh, it was hitting very close to home. Yeah, that, that's another Trackers, reason why I was, crystals. Yeah, yeah, that was another reason why I was like, I, I dark know she's entities. Going, yeah, <laughs> definitely that part. Yeah. Uh, no, there, there was a definitely a lot of things when I was starting to read it. I was like, oh man, this is going to be up her alley so much, so much. Uh, especially after I started to really look at it and notice all the little things like that mm -hmm. all the ideas of again like i was the human nature in general uh the willingness to accept the darkness instead of fighting because there were some points where um there were characters that were honestly not willing to do what the voices were saying while others were willing to give in very quickly so I, again, there was a lot of things that I wish I could have talked about, but again, we can always talk about that another time. And here's the great thing, Marcella, is that when you actually receive that book, once you read it and everything, you can actually just get with him anyways and just ask those questions and have him email those answers to you, you know, and, and with anybody else. I, I would I would believe that if anybody ever had any questions of that nature like we did, that they could get uh, get a hold of Douglas Robbins at his uh, at his website douglasrobbinsauthor.com. and but first you actually have to go out and buy the book Narakan the Cloaked Deception uh, at either Amazon or on his website. Uh, if you go to his website uh, douglasrobinsauthor.com forward slash I believe books. Uh, he has, I believe, six to nine other books on there. So there, there's a lot of a lot of things, a lot of big things about human nature and the willingness to accept or to uh, get better at noticing those things. 
But uh, besides uh, besides that, you know, I I wanted to come up with one thing real quick because uh, Marcello doesn't even know this. I just got this uh, information uh, yesterday, but uh, you will be able to see us on obviously with Traverse TV. You will actually be able to pick up Traverse TV on channel 11 in uh, the Orlando and Tampa Bay area. So if you are at any of the resorts, any of the hotels, the uh, casinos, or just in the local area, you will be able to pick it up on channel 11, which is awesome because that means that we're going to be able to provide this entertainment slash education uh, to so many more people around the world. and when I say around the world, I mean Florida, because you know, again, Florida is a whole Florida different is a whole different world from uh, the rest <laughs> of the states. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm going to leave it at that. But y'all know where to go to go to beyondthepinpodcast.com. Uh, both of our links to our personal websites are on there as well. With Marcellus the link tree, uh, I showed it up on the vi- on the video earlier today. Mine is macgriffinvo.com. And again, go see our author, get the book. You're going to you're going to be surprised on what you're going to find behind the words and beyond what he has given us beyond the pen. So again, as I always say, thank you for being with us. We love you. Keep writing, keep sharing, and keep just being. Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's video on demand and live stream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.